Yo, I'm back for another episode of the regular podcast. This is your man, Kilo. I'm not your boy, I'm your brother, Kilo. I'm back. I'm going to give you a brief one, real quick, because it is the middle of the week. I have a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I just figured I'd take a quick second to do a quick podcast. Now, my week been cool. How y'all week been? Everybody been cool? I see a lot of people was feeling the uh, last week's episode about the rap beef. That was cool. Yeah, I know. So so since last week, everybody has seen by now that Drake and his camp have thrown the towel in via Jay Prince's uh, radio tour that he's on right now promoting his book. Jay Prince. Excuse me, Jay Prince is promoting a book right now, and he just happens to also be saying, We, I will not allow Drake to respond to Pusha T. Pusha T took it beyond rap, and what we're not gonna do is go beyond rap. AKA, if you don't know who Jay Prince is, Jay Prince is a super OG. He is an ex street nigga. You know, uh, he's an ex dude that used to be in the street. I don't know how else to say it, but anybody, you know, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Pretty much what he said was, well, let me tell you, Jay Prince ain't a rapper. All right. He's a OG. They got different rules from back then. When somebody from that era say it's beyond rap, that means either the only the next step is for me to hurt you or for me to stop this thing. He chose to stop it because he said, I don't want Drake to come back with no diss that gets on the same type of time that Pusha T is on because we don't play in the mud with the pigs. The pigs play in the mud. I'm not going to let Drake do that. And this is what I was thinking anyway. If Drake comes back with an equally disrespectful diss saying certain things about Pusha T, it could hurt Drake. Drake is in a lot of endorsement deals with, you know, with a whole lot of money, millions and millions of dollars, right? All Drake got to do is say what, like, let's just say Drake said everything that Pusha T said in the disc, in the um, story of Adi Don. Had Drake said that stuff, people, women's groups will be boycotting him because he's talking down on marriage. Uh, people with all types of disabilities and advocacy groups for p- disabled people would be boycotting Drake. And it would be a massive story and a massive blow to his financial career. So Drake can't say the same stuff that other people can say. Now, I know some people thinking like, nah, F that. Don't go out like that. Make a diss. Do this. Get disrespectful. Say this. and Like, really, you got to think about it. Do you care more about a couple of rap opinions? Because people in rap, for the most part, have already just said F Drake anyway because he had ghostwriters. So if I'm Drake, I'm looking at y'all not going to respect me anyway. I'm not about to do something to get y'all respect and then play myself. I'm going to play myself out of tens of millions of dollars and no telling. That's probably just this year alone. No telling where it would go down the road. So, yeah, y'all already threw J- Drake away anyway. So why would he acquiesce to your request for this massive or, or, or major disc record when all y'all going to do is, is, you know what I mean? The, the memes ain't going to stop anyway. So he might as well. I think he's better off. Jay Prince said that he had a diss. A lot of y'all don't don't believe him. I believe him. I don't think Jay Prince would go on a radio tour lying for Drake. I believe him. I think he has a diss, but I think Jay Prince is thinking about that money in the millions. Because if you go out and say some stuff, you're going to mess up your own money for as Drake, as a person being Drake. And somebody, Drake is not on. Drake doesn't own what he's doing. He's signed to people. That means other people control his money. You know what I'm saying? He's not just he's making a whole lot of money, but he's making it because 
other people are controlling things behind the scenes and making sure that he makes he's generating a lot of money. I won't say he's making it, but he is generating a whole hundreds of millions of dollars. So, you know, um, Jay Prince was like, nah, bro, we're not doing that. That's not what we're doing. We're not playing with the pigs in the mud. Pretty much referring to Pusha T's tactics as pig-like tactics. Pig mentality. He didn't even call it crabs in a barrel. It's pigs. You know, I don't know, you know, Pusha T, how he going to take that. You know, dude going on a radio tour calling you a pig and whatnot. You understand? He seemed to be, Pusha T seemed to be a principled guy. You know, you don't want nobody calling you a, po- a pig. You know what I mean? But we'll see how he handled that. So, as we all know by now, Drake lost the battle the battle was over he lost sometimes you have to take the l that's just what it is drake he tried his hand with duppy with the duppy freestyle you know he just didn't know that Pusha t was coming like that it's okay there's nothing wrong with that drake tried his hand with the duppy freestyle it worked for a few days actually it worked for four days and then when the story of adidon came out with the black face with the story of oj beat with the mom stuff the dad stuff you know you got the steve harvey suit steve harvey suit nigga made him yeah you know i mean you got the over your 40 stuff you talking about the porn star getting the porn star pregnant you know this baby that you ain't claiming you hiding the baby like yo it had a lot of stuff drake wasn't ready for that drake probably thinking okay i'll be for the street nigga he ain't gonna say certain things you're wrong Pusha T hasn't been in the streets in a long time. You're wrong. He said, whatever. A lot of people saying that's TMZ rap. Okay. Y'all want Drake to do whatever he got to do to win the beef. Pusha T did whatever he had to do, and he won the beef. He won the battle. So, you know, it's over now. They need to let it go. But a lot of people are saying, now, Drake, we don't want to hear no more tough talk out of you. We don't want to hear nobody. You don't want to hear no use tell anybody that they don't they don't want it with your pen that, that people scared of you, that they don't want them bars and none of that. Like, they saying, the, the the people, I'm not saying this, Drake, this is what the people are saying, bro. They're saying they don't want to hear you speak about that ever again. They don't want no more diplomatic immunities out of you. You know what I mean? We should have got a, you, you should have, they don't want any more diplomatic immunities. That's just it. They saying, stick to the, um, I need a one dance. You know what I mean? That's, that's what they want you to stick to. One dance and hotline bling and, yeah, I mean, just hold on. We're going home. Stuff like that. That's where they want you to stay now. So, hey, man, all I'm going to say is what a time to be alive. Speaking of what a time to be alive, did y'all hear about this future flyout story? Future, you know, and it's really not a future flyout story because the girl flew herself out. So let me give you the story. Future was future, the rapper future for anybody in another country or whatever. The rapper future that sings the magnificent March Madness. He met a girl, I guess, in Miami or something. They was chilling for a little bit, talking, texting, whatever like that, FaceTiming, things of that sort. Future invites her to the to the studio in Miami. You know what I mean? He's he kicking that that G, kicking that G. So then Future says, hey, how would you like, because this is how Future speaks, hey, young lady, how would you like to come out west, a little fly out? She said, okay, that's cool. He said, listen, honey, you buy your own plane ticket. I'll reimburse you. For sh- I'll reimburse you when you get out there. I'll reimburse you. She said, for real? He said, a thousand percent. I'll reimburse you. So the lady 
buys her own plane ticket, $550 plane ticket. She flies out there. She's in the hotel, right? She gets, you know, Future got the got the key waiting at the front desk like a real one. She gets up to her room. Future hits her up on the FaceTime like, hey, what's going on? She said, hey, what's up? So he says, you supposed to be in that sexy lingerie for me. She was like, oh, nah, that's not what we doing. I'm not on that type of time. Future said, okay, cool. Text her later on. He said, uh, oh, no, he texted her and said, I'm on the way, get sexy. She said, I'm not on that. He said, catch you another time, no worries. That That's the coldest. So, all right, so a lot of y'all don't, don't. it probably ain't even, don't even really seem that, it don't seem like nothing, but it's cold. So then the girl, you know, she she like, are you still coming? He like, nah, you playing games. So then he stopped texting her, right? Boom, the girl, you know, gets up in the morning, goes wherever she went to go get some food or whatever, came back. Her room key didn't work. She went to figure out what was going on. Her her room was done. So it was checkout time. She had to leave. She was thinking Future was about to be paying for, I don't know what, you know. So the girl makes this long status on Facebook talking about, yeah, Future, he flew me out. He said he was going to pay me back a 1,000% of what I gave out. So remember when I told y'all, she said for real the future said for sure a thousand percent she thought that meant that future was going to give her a thousand percent of what she paid for her plane ticket you know how somebody say like uh yeah i got you a hundred percent or i got you a thousand percent like i I can stack on it they saying like for sure that means yes that's in the affirmative that means yes i am reassuring you that i am going to do something he said a thousand percent she gonna take that to mean he was going to give me a thousand percent of my plane ticket cost. She was expecting Future to give her $5,500 and she wasn't planning on having sex with him or nothing. Now, I'm not calling her a prostitute. She don't have to have sex with him. But why is she thought Future was going to just give her $5,500 just to fly out there? It makes no sense. And she's going to put in the status. I'm thinking I'm thinking more like studio time or something like that. Why would Future invest money in you getting in the studio if he ain't getting nothing from you? What's up? Like, yo, I ain't. You know I mean, I, it's hard because I know some people that's listening. Some some it seems just like some women just don't understand this concept that that Future is going through right now. I don't know what it is. Future did absolutely nothing wrong in this situation. The woman says she don't want to have sex. You remove yourself from the situation. That's it. That's the only option. Don't do nothing else. Don't try to ask her again. Don't keep asking her. Don't try to show up and think, oh, maybe if I pull my meat out, maybe she'd be with it. Nope. Don't do none of that. Remove yourself from the situation completely. You don't need to be popping up 10 years from now and get you a Bill Cosby. You know what I mean? You don't need that. Or one of these Morgan Freeman charges or, or Harvey Weinstein. Nope. You don't need that. The girl says she ain't want nothing. <clears throat> she ain't want none of that money. So then you go ahead and. And by money, I mean like sex. She said she don't want none of that. Cool. Peace. He said, catch you another time. No worries. That's how you're supposed to handle it. You handle it like that. And Future didn't have to come out of no money. He made her put the down payment down. And it was on her how she wanted to take it. She took it that way. Now she gets to reimburse herself in the, in the you know, in the damn you played yourself category. That's what she, you know. I just want to tell you that because I've been a lot of conversation about that on Twitter and people been some people have been trying to make it seem like future kind of foul for that. But nah, future is 100 percent correct in handling it the way he handled it. So that's 
you know, for for the men out there, do not think like if a chick says she not trying to have sex with you, don't think that oh if you show up maybe smelling good or something or you try to bring some alcohol or some weed or something like oh maybe she'd be cool with it. Like no, don't do that. If the chick already if she's sober and she's saying she don't want to have sex, that's you know what I mean? This ain't, it ain't the 90s no more. Don't try to be like, oh, these chicks ain't playing hard to get. They don't want to have sex with you. They ain't trying to have sex. That's it. Like, we done seen enough cases where people is getting charges for things that they didn't think they were doing. But if the woman felt like you were doing it, then, I mean, it's all up to a jury. And you don't want to go in front of a jury as a black man with a woman saying that you used your power to coerce her into having sex. You don't want that. So what you do, you ask one time, and Future didn't even say nothing. He said, you're supposed to be in lingerie. If she wasn't even with that, you know she don't want to have no sex. So you remove yourself. Boom, that's too easy. Do not put yourself in no situation to play yourself. Because if you show up to a chick spot that say she ain't with it, you're going to play yourself. That's the only outcome of that. Sit. That's the only outcome. All right, so that was, you know, off the, you know, that was a little gossip, whatever, but I just wanted to talk about that because I wanted the ladies to understand, like, listen, this is how a man is supposed to handle this. A man ain't supposed to just be giving women no plane tickets and giving her money because he, you know, because she flew out for her troubles. No, that's not how you're supposed to handle that. Y'all ladies, y'all need to understand this man handled it perfectly. Remove yourself from a situation that you ain't comfortable in. That's how you're supposed to handle it. Now, in other news. And this is this is just something now right now I'm entering the so I went from the the pop news segment of the podcast, which is not really a segment, but that's what I do. And then towards the end of my podcast, I like to get into the kind of information that I would like people to know and that I just feel like talking about because this is whatever. So this is something I want to say because y'all know. um Black people have been like if if a, if a black person went and met with Donald Trump, the rest of us have killed that person. Pretty much like yo, they're coon. We ain't dealing with them. They 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 cooning. We you know calling them Uncle Tom's, all kind of stuff like that. And Donald Trump is the president. Now I'm not. I didn't vote for the man, and I'm I'm not saying he's a good president, but he's the president, right? Not only is he the president, there are a lot of people. That he appointed and people that have jobs right now in very high places. And we as American citizens, because black people, y'all know we are American citizens also, even though they don't treat us right. We're American citizens. That means we have to try things until they work, until they work out for us. So we have to use people. We cannot see we come into everything with the street mentality. And even in the streets, you use people, you just don't let them know you're using them. So you have to come into it with the smart mentality, which is use people for what you need them for. Let go of all the us. Like, we can't be on no, oh, if you're associated with Trump, I don't want nothing to do with you. No, that makes no sense, man. That, that Like, really, black people right now, we have decided to take four years off of politics, of federal national politics. That doesn't make any sense. We did that. We decided to do that because Donald Trump won the election for black people. It's the same thing, no matter who would have won this election, Hillary or Donald. So I don't know why we feel like we should separate ourselves from uh, federal politics at this moment. Now, let me tell you why I'm bringing this up, because the 
the, the, the secretaries of the departments of the government, specifically housing and urban er, housing and urban development, which is headed secretaried by Ben Carson. Ben Carson is a, was a black neurosurgeon. Right. People used to love Ben Carson in the black community before we had social media and things, because the only thing you knew about him was what you read about this black man that was a super one of the smartest neurosurgeons in the world. On the planet, he was one of the top neurosurgeons, right? But then, you know, when the campaign of 2016 happened, we saw that he was running as a Republican. That raised the flag for us. Then when he lost during the primaries, he, he started supporting Trump. Then we pretty much said F him and got rid of him and said, nah, F him. But this is what I want to say to my people, my black people. We are not in a position to... Burn bridges with politicians, powerful politicians. We ain't in the economic. We're not in the mental. We are not in the emotional. We are not in the financial position to burn any bridges with any politicians. Why am I saying that? Now, when is the last time Ben Carson has been in the black news where black people was like, oh, y'all see what Ben Carson did? Did you see this? He was doing X, Y, Z, bloop, bloop, bloop. I'm only specifically talking about Ben Carson because he's black and he's one of the ones that we were watching. Then we threw him away. Um, but there's there's a host of secretaries that are in charge of these departments that we need to be up on them and we need to be using them. All right. So let me tell you about Ben Carson, what Ben Carson is doing right now. Let me tell you what Ben Carson is doing right now. What's up? Oh, I'm just asking. Yeah, I thought you heard me. All right. So. What Ben Carson is doing right now. I was just talking to Shay, y'all. My bad. All right, so boom. What Ben Carson is doing right now, right? This is the headline from Fox 61. H. HUD Secretary Ben Carson promises relief for tenants of troubled Clay Arsenal apartments. Now, the Clay Arsenal apartments, they got a lot of um, plumbing issues. They got animals running around like little rats, rodents, and all that. They got rats, rodents, and all that running around. They got mold issues. And they're having big issues right now. The landlord is being considered a slumlord. And Ben Carson has stepped up to say, I need to help these people, these American folk. I need to help them. This is Ben Carson, a black man. Ben Carson is from Detroit, y'all. Guess where this apartment complex is at? This apartment complex is in Connecticut. <laughs> Hartford. Connecticut. Now, real quick, because I didn't pull this up before I, before I came on here, but I'm going to pull it up now because as I said it out loud, I just had to really realize what the hell was going on. Let's let's pull up the black population in Hartford, Connecticut. Let's do that real quick. Black population. Hold on, y'all. I type slow. In Hartford. Oops. Connecticut. Okay, boom. So let's see. Okay. They ain't, that's not that bad, actually. 38%. 38%, that's not bad. 38% black is actually a lot of black people in a, in a city in America. So I would say Ben Carson is, is, okay, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. However, the fact that he is doing work in an apartment complex in Connecticut, he has put his focus on that, tells me where his focus lie. Because, you know, once they fix some urban centers... They normally remove black people from them, right? But 
I'll just assume that if if there are people living in an apartment complex like this and there's a 38 percent black population, I will give it to him and assume he's helping black people out. All right. Because you know what? What I'm trying to do, I'm trying to reshape the idea of having a black Republican that is the head of urban housing and urban urban development. This is what I'm trying to say is the man is powerful. He has. So all of that whole he was supporting Trump thing and he's a coon and Uncle Tom and all that. Yeah, maybe. But can we use him as black people, black Americans, citizens that vote, that pay taxes, all that type shit? Can we use him? Yes. Do we need to use him? Yes. The man is in charge of housing and urban development. What has been black people's one of the main issues for black people in America since 1865? Lack of stable, uh, stable housing environment. That has been one of our biggest issues. We have a black person that this ain't just like a black person that was sent in by the CIA to, you know what I mean, become the face of blackness. This man is black. He's just an old, you know, he's old school, so he felt like he probably made it out of the ghetto and he, and he feels better than other people. But that is actually part of the black community. We all know black people like him. He's not an anomaly. Besides the fact that he's a neurosurgeon, he's a black person that made it out the ghetto and made it to a point where he probably looks at other black people as, why can't y'all do what I did? That is 100% blackness in America. That's what black people do a lot of times in America. So we can't act like he's less black than we are. He is very black. That's what black people do a lot of times. Look down on other people that ain't doing what we doing. So y'all can't tell, like, just so let's let's think about what we got going on right now. And let's think about who we are really trying to throw away. The we, we like to say on the Internet, oh, he canceled. Let's really think about who this man ain't. This ain't Kanye West. Kanye West don't have no power. This man is the secretary of housing and urban urban development. You understand? He has power. He's saying, I am going to make sure these residents in this apartment. Now, he is focusing on an apartment complex in Hartford, Connecticut, y'all. Do you do you realize what? OK, let's see. They plan to uh, remove a one point four million dollar subsidy from the landlord if from all his apartments, all this uh, landlord's apartments, if he does not fix the living conditions. That's how you that's how politics is supposed to work when it comes to us. Like we need people doing stuff like this. And clearly Ben Carson is willing to do it. We just got to get you know, we have to use him. Like I said, we have to use these people if they're in a position they need to be used by us because we need them more than anybody needs them. There's no reason why my man from Detroit should not be in Detroit fixing some things in their housing situation. Because, you know, the whole situation in Flint is also a problem they have in Detroit. They also have a lot more problems in Detroit besides just dirty water. But this is the thing. If you're from Michigan and you're thinking, OK, this man is the HUD, he's the HUD secretary. But nah, F him. He just he cool with Trump. So I can't deal with him. You playing yourself, not even if you're from Michigan, but I'm just saying Michigan because that's where he's from. So he can relate to them more than anything. If you're from any any city where a lot of black people live and a lot of black people are unemployed, that means that there are areas with pretty much ghettos still in 2018. That means you need him. You not people like him. You need him specifically to help you. 
he's in control of a lot of money, man. He's in control of power. When a man says, if you don't fix this living situation for these people, you will lose $1.4 million. I don't know about y'all, but if somebody told you you was going to lose a million dollars in subsidies, which is pretty much like probably more than likely tax credits or things like that, credits and deductions. If if somebody told you you're going to lose $1.4 million worth of money, you'll fix yourself or you will fix your property. You will make sure that you fix everything that needs to be fixed. Just imagine if all the landlords around the country got threatened like that. Let's just imagine. Let's just say if the landlords in L.A., Baltimore, D.C. I won't say D.C. because they gentrify. L.A., Baltimore, Atlanta, Detroit, Cleveland, Philly. What if landlords all over the country start St. Louis? You know what I mean? Houston. What if landlords all over the country started to be threatened by the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development? What y'all think would happen? They would all fix the living conditions for the poor people who can't afford to live anywhere else. You got to think about this, man. Think about this. We need a, a person that's in power. We have somebody in power that knows our situation. And he's all, clearly he's working in Connecticut right now. He's willing to do things. But he uh, we threw him away. We said F him. That was 2016. We said F him and we never came back to him. The only thing we look at him and see is a coon. But, yo, we got to stop that. I'm looking at another thing right now. Uh, ben Carson says HUD is committed to finding solutions for homeowners with failing foundations. Where y'all think he at with this one? You guessed it. He's in Connecticut. Now, you can't tell me a lot of these. You can't tell me that the homeowners in Connecticut with these old foundations are not mostly white people he is about to put a lot let me let me just read this this second paragraph for y'all murphy okay so the the um, senators of connecticut are working for them because they are the reasons that ben carson came to their state with this money because they know you know they're they're working for their people murphy and u.s senator richard blumenthal are co-sponsoring federal legislation that will pr provide homeowners with $200 million in funding to make repairs. Half of the money will come from Carson's Department of Her Housing and Urban Development. Half of that. That's $100 million going to homeowners in Connecticut. Boom. Half of the money. And the other half will be administered by the federal FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency. FEMA and HUD are about to put together $200 million to help homeowners with crumbling foundations. Now, let me read a little bit. Let me skim around here a little bit, because I know that they they um, the, the focus was these homes in Connecticut. But I don't think that they can do it only for people in Connecticut. So let me see. I think, you know, it has to be a national thing because this is HUD. Let me see. You know, they're talking about the insurance doesn't cover it. Let me see. There, there's a lot of stuff. Yo, y'all have to just I'm, I just gave you the the. the um the basics of it you can look it up okay this is not murph this is not just connecticut murphy said this is in massachusetts as well though the attention is mostly on connecticut we think there are thousands of home in massachusetts connected so this is what's going on i think these state representatives these senators and the governor and the lieutenant governor of these states are are getting that money for their state that's the way it's looking that's 
that's the way it's looking from this um, article right here. And this article is from the Hartford Current. So this is a local newspaper, but it's there. You know, they know what's going on in their area. Ben Carson, the housing and urban development and FEMA are about to put up two hundred million dollars to send these white people some money for their foundation. I'm not knocking the white people for getting that money. But, yo, we need some of that money, too, man. You feel me? We need some of that money, too. So we cannot afford to throw powerful politicians away. We can't afford to burn bridges because we need these people more than anybody needs them. But the people who need them the least are getting the most from these people. Think about that. And it's not just because they're just getting it. It's because we are choosing to say, I don't want anything from them or I don't want anything to do with them. Now, we're talking about federal politicians, people with billions of dollars in federal money to distribute and uh, disperse around the country. And we're telling them we don't need them and we don't want it. Yo, listen, something like, listen, this is how the media works. It trains people to think of certain things because we all feel like, okay, we on the left side of things. We need to be watching CNN. We need to watch MSNBC. We need to stay away from Fox. We need to watch CBS. We need to watch Dateline. We need to watch all these things. And these things tell us Republican equals negative. Right wing equals bad. If it's a Republican government, throw the whole government away. Not realizing just because they Republican government, which is the same shit as Democrat, just a different name just because it's a republican government don't mean they stop working for you they have to work for you while they in there man like you have to make like like monique said make it make sense i love us for real i'm serious y'all need to look this stuff up man look up what ben carson is doing right now people i'm telling you he's putting big money in places that you ain't at the people listening to this you ain't where ben carson is spending his money not his money. He's spending the government's money right now, and we ain't benefiting from it. You understand? Think about, I'm from Youngstown, Ohio. Think about Youngstown, Cleveland, Akron, Toledo, Dayton, Cincinnati, uh, Detroit, uh, Flint, uh, all these other places around Michigan, man. Indiana, Gary, Indianapolis, you know what I'm saying? Chicago, all these places, Kankakee, all these places around the Midwest that was hit hard by the housing bubble. You talking about crumbling foundations. It's a lot of decay and things. The house I grew up in got torn down. It's a lot of decay in that area. And y'all think that we can't use some of that. So, and I don't live there now, but I'm just saying my, my old area, y'all think we can't use some of that money from the housing and urban development just because the dude is, is, is called an uncle Tom. Really? Come on, man. We playing ourselves right now. Yo, we got two years left. We need to get on the ball. Anybody in these urban centers that need certain things. Because I, I live outside the cities. I'm in the, I'm in the um, suburb, really. Riverdale is considered a suburb. I know y'all hear about it in rap songs. It's like some, you know what I mean, like a war zone. But it's a suburb of Atlanta, south, south suburb. And uh, so people who live in places with a lot more decay than here, man, don't. Throw away no politicians, man. That's something. All right, so let me just slide forward. Let me slide forward. Now, we got another thing going on. Now, this ties into what I was just saying about throwing people away, right? So anytime a black person would go up to meet with Trump, we would, you know, 
give them all of the backlash. We, you know, we were slandering them for until we forgot about them, right? So then we get to the point where no black people are allowed to meet with Donald Trump. Yet we would like to see things happen, but we just know no black person better not go up there. Which is very strange, but this is what we chose to, this is the, the land we chose to operate in. The proverbial land we chose to operate in is if you go up to Donald Trump and meet with him, if, if you meet with those people about anything, you are a coon. That's it. Okay, so now boom. We want, we want prison laws and things to change. We want, you know, we want some reform in our prison systems. Guess what? Black people aren't allowed to go up there. So guess who can't speak for ourselves? We can't because if we go, you'll be called a coon. So guess who went up there to speak about prison reform? Kim Kardashian, which everybody has known about this already. The reason Kim Kardashian was the voice for whatever was going on when it came to whatever prison thing she was trying to get uh, working is because no black people were allowed to go up there. Who made that rule? Us. We made the rule. We made the rule that we're not allowed to go up there and meet with them. So now we have a person Kim Kardashian speaking to the president of the United States about prisons. Kim Kardashian probably doesn't know anybody that ever visited a prison. But she is speaking with the president of the United States about prisons. I mean, think about that. This is this is where we at right now. It's not that we there because we just oh, because Trump and Kim Kardashian love each other. No, it's because we decided we are sitting this one out for four years. We're sitting it out. We cannot afford that, man. So now guess what they just did the other day? Donald Trump came up with a some new legislation. And it is a prison reform legislation. The good thing about it is the Republicans and the Democrats agree on it. Mainly, everybody agrees because of how much money is costing America to house prisoners yearly, which is $183 billion annually. $183 billion with a B. That's bravo. Right? So, Donald Trump came with this... Um, with this thing called the First Step Act. It is HR 5682. I'm on Congress.gov. I can you can go on Congress.gov and read it verbatim. The sponsor of this bill is Republican Doug Collins out of Georgia. He's a Republican. So now um everybody uh voted on this thing, it passed, all right? Passed the House and the Senate also. And I mean, listen, y'all, prison reform is happening. Now, first thing I will say is this. A lot of people think prison reform means justice system reform. It does not mean that prison reform is talking about how people are treated once they are sentenced. It doesn't mean anything else is going to change. So this is kind of a cop out. So a lot of people, when they've been they make prison reform this massive thing that should be on the forefront. It's kind of like a a thing as if like, you know, we don't want to stop you from coming to prison. We're just going to make prison more bearable for you. Think about that. So it's kind of a trap, but it's only a trap if you don't pay attention to it. Right. So 
they are, are, are they plan on you know one of the main focuses of it is to lower the recidivism rate recidivism means if you ret- recidivism is if you return to prison within 3 years after you were released from prison right that's if it, you are considered somebody who recidivates if you return to prison within that 3 year window after you were released from prison right so this this bill here it is specifically saying they want to target pro they want to spend big money on programs that reduce recidivism rates which is a great thing because these programs really help people out i know for a fact that they help people out i know from experience that they help people out not that i was ever going to go back but i know other people who i know these programs that we were in together where i met them and all that stuff they were helped by programs like this recid the um these these programs that help people reintegrate themselves into the mindset of a free person help a lot so that is one great thing about this bill they are putting a lot of focus on recidivism and lowering recidivism because it costs a whole lot of money and when people come out and they commit another crime you know they're doing more damage to the to the, to the um civilization society you know so you don't want that so they authorized money from two, from fiscal year 2019 up to 2023 for more, you know, more money for this recidivism program or this whole prison reform program, but specifically focusing on reducing recidivism. All right, boom. Another thing that they did, they came up with this restraints of pregnant prison prisoners is prohibited. So the, the bill amends the federal C- criminal code to prohibit yeah. Okay, so they're going to prohibit uh federal prisoners from being restrained while they're pregnant. And in postpartum recovery. That's big also because a lot of women go through that postpartum. They're not pregnant anymore, but in postpartum they're like depressed. They could at any moment, you know, flip out, but they don't really know what they're doing because they they kind of depressed. They're not in a in a you know, a sane state at that point. Especially being in prison, it pro- I can imagine that the postpartum would be worse in prison, which, you know, it, it's bad on the outside world. I can't imagine what it's like in there. So that is an amendment that's in here. Another amendment. This is a great one, actually, because if you ever listen to Tony Lewis Jr., he talks about this also where federal inmates have been shipped all around the country. This amendment right here says it directs the BOP, which is Bureau of Prisons, to place a prisoner in a facility that is no more than 500 driving miles away from the prisoner's primary residence, subject to bed avail- subject to bed availability and the prisoner's security designation. Meaning, as long as you are, as long as your residence is 500 within 500 miles of, first of all, an open bed. Secondly, uh, a, a place with security classification that meets your level of security classification you will be placed within 500 driving miles of your home which is amazing because a lot of people have gone many years without seeing their family members because they have been placed clear across across the country which the federal people feel like the federal government was doing that on purpose they would send you way far away yeah so yeah they would send you far across the country you would be in dangerous situations because you're not anywhere near your house or so yeah. Now, um, this another section right here, the BOP Bureau of Prisons, 
must place low-risk prisoners on home confinement for the maximum amount of time permitted. That right there is strange. I don't know what they mean by that. I'm assuming they mean when we get people in here like Martha Stewart, do not send her to jail. Put her on house arrest for her whole sentence. That's how I read that. So meaning these elderly people that might commit certain financial crimes, they are not high risk for violence or anything like that. So let them stay at home and just we're not about to waste bed space. It's interesting that they have it in there, though. Right. Again, I'm on Congress.gov. Right. And this bill is called H.R. 5682. Y'all can look it up yourself. They are tagging it the first step bill or first step act. All right. That's another thing. Let me see what else they got in here. That's 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 worth noting. OK. They have this other thing. that's in, So they add like, OK, so they add these interesting things in here along with some good things. They add some interesting things. Also, this one says this bill authorizes federal prison industries. See, it's capitalized, too. That makes me think that's the name of a company. Federal prison industries must be the company that uses prison labor to sell things because it's all capitalized. The, f- the bill authorizes federal prison industries to sell products to new markets. See, they're expanding their operations. New markets such as District of Columbia government and nonprofit organizations. These people so cold with it. They so cold. They drop little stuff like that in the middle of this whole bill. And you're like, hey, yeah, we get prison reform. Everybody's going to vote yes because there's a little bit of something for everybody. And then they put shit like that in there. The authoriz- it authorizes federal prison to sell products to new markets. And then it says such as. So that means that's not. It doesn't say included, but not limited to. But it says such as. That means that they can expand their business. So what they're doing with this bill, they are going to lower costs by locking up less people. But they're going to make more money because they can sell to more people now. And what they mean by selling products is federal inmates make things like, you know, they might make whatever people know about the license plate thing. They might make furniture. They might, you know, they they grow crops and things like that. They can sell it. So now they can sell it to the District of Columbia government and nonprofit organizations. Oh, my God. This is these people are so cold with it, man. And when I say cold, I mean like mean. These are diabolical shit right here. Okay, let me read. I'm going to give y'all one more. They got some stuff in here about uh, how they plan to treat heroin uh, addicts and stuff like that. Uh, the last one I want to tell y'all about. This is a good one, actually. Okay, this one. All right, section 411. The BOP must make tampons and sanitary napkins available free of charge. That's a good one. You feel me? You, you you know what I'm saying? Everything we, we think a lot when we think about prisoners, we always we mainly think about men. But you got to think about these women, too. They lock in. They saying black women are the fastest rising group of incarcerated people in America. So not that they're the largest group incarcerated black men by far, but the, the people that are being locked up right now faster than anybody else. They're saying black women, probably because they locked up everybody else that was going to get locked. So. So, yeah, the fact that. They are going to make tampons and sanitary napkins available free. It's cool. We know that those won't be the best products, but they will be free if need be. You know, you're not going to have women. uh, You're not going to have women out here with sanitary issues because they can't afford pads and tampons and things like that. So that's good that they will have that. That was the last one I wanted to read to y'all. 
I don't have to do much more. I think we got plenty. Of, yeah, 40, 40 something minutes. We good. Uh, yeah, that was that's all I got for y'all, man. I'll get back at y'all next week with probably a longer joint. I will be. I'm supposed to be on somebody somebody else's podcast tomorrow. We gonna see, cause cause he didn't give me no time to even prepare, cause he didn't send me the, the list of stuff I need to. You know, I like to study some before I go talking about it. So uh, that's all I got for y'all. Peace out. Thank you.